A statistician by qualification, Abade Oluwase has evolved to becoming a resourceful educator. His journey into the world of knowledge transfer started in his National Youth Service days, where he served his nation as a mathematics teacher. He soon realized his newfound love of building and molding the minds of the future leaders and decided to pitch his tents there. He obtained a BSc in mathematics from the University of Lagos and also has a PGD in the bag. He's presently running an MBA degree program with the University of Lagos and is the co-head teacher at Meadowhall Junior School, Lekki, Lagos. He's focused and self-motivated and has a passion to use education as a tool for societal transformation. His desire to see young children learn has driven him to continually seek 21st century pedagogy. His strong background in statistics and the use of numbers laid an indispensable foundation in his extensive analysis and use of data for educational improvement by educators at all levels. As a lifelong learner, he has always been passionate about professional development, and this has seen him become a regular trainer, facilitator in several capacities, including educational conferences, such as the annual Meadowhawk EduCamp held in Lagos and Port Harcourt, which hosts hundreds of professionals yearly, just to mention a few. He has also served as a human capacity development consultant with a number of educational institutions such as the Lagos State Ministry of Education, Ready Set Work Initiative, Hockmar International School, Port Harcourt, Keith Station School, Lagos, and many more. Ladies and gentlemen, make welcome the host and convener of the Impact Educators Summit, Mr. Oluwashei Bede. Ronke Adeniyi, fondly called Ronke Posh, is a fun-loving, energetic, and enthusiastic lady, a lover of God, a wife, and a mom, a serial entrepreneur and educator. Ronke Posh is a certified and experienced Montessori directress. She owns the best preschool in Ikoi called Posh Babies and Kids and a primary school called La Posh School. She also runs a children entertainment company called Posh Party Packs. Ronke is also a certified family life therapist and practitioner of neurolinguistics programming NLP. She uses these to coach and support parents in parenting Facebook community called Parent Right. Discussing strategies to cultivating a mindset shift for educators, ladies and gentlemen, please make welcome Mrs. Ronke Adini to the Impact Educators Summit 2020. Good day, ma'am, and you're welcome to the Impact Educators Summit 2020. And um, please do us a favor for those that are watching for the first time, please introduce yourself to us, ma'am, if you don't mind. Good evening, and um, thanks for having me. My name is um, Ronke Adini, fondly called Ronke Posh. I'm the director at Le Posh School, the very best school in Koyi. I'm in Lagos State. I'm also an education entrepreneur. I um, and I train and empower teachers, starting with their minds, and I'm a little bit of a constructive disruptor, as they say. <laughs> wow, a constructive disruptor. That's very interesting, ma'am. Please explain what you mean by that to us, ma'am. Well, um, having stayed in Lagos for about eight years, there's a lot of mediocrity. If you've been in Lagos, you would understand that there's a lot of um, mediocrity. 
there's a lot of cultural beliefs and they don't work anymore. People don't question, people don't think critically, many people don't. So when I say people just know that I'm generalizing. As a result, we are doing the same thing and expecting different results. So it's insanity. So you'd find that there's a lot of mad people working around. And when I say mad, I don't mean mentally ill. I mean people that are stuck in their own ways and don't question beliefs. They don't question practices and they're very all right with mediocrity. So I try to get people to think. I like to um, question. I like to um, change the status quo because if things are working, then the country will not be in the state at which it is in right now. I hope that explains it. Very well, ma'am. Thank you very much, ma'am. So can you please talk to us, how did you get into the education sector? What motivated you and what keeps you going in this sector? I think I was walking out the street one day and I fell down and then I landed in the educational sector. I think that's exactly what happened <laughs> because um, I, I was actually in medical school. From medical school, I was in uh, business. I did an MBA. From there, I worked in banking and um, Along the lines, I was working with children, moonlighting, working with children, and I thought it was a lot of fun. I uh, had a most amazing um, events company for children. Um, we, still, we still have all our equipment and we still try and do parties now and again. And I was beginning to think long-term, can I do these parties long-term? And I believe, no, I'm not gonna be able to do it when my knees get dodgy. So I decided that I still want to work with children. What should I do? So I uh, decided to retrain as an educator. So here I am. Wow. So you've been in just about every sector we could think of. That's very interesting, man. Not, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> in the banking not sector, quite. the business sector. I've not done oil and gas. Well, I, I used to plan it to go into oil and gas sometime. They frustrate me enough in Nigeria. I just might. <laughs> We hope we don't get to that far. Oh, well, well, <laughs> I don't know. It's not encouraging at all, but um, it is what it is. Yes. All right, now, so when you speak to people who want to become educators, what advice would you give to them genuinely? You really have to love it. You, it's not something you can do. Um, no, there's no one that's going to clap for you. It's a thankless job. You can't get paid enough. For what you do you will never get paid enough so if you're doing it for the money uh, you're probably in the wrong place um like i say to many people i still earn less than i earned in banking and i left banking eight years ago so that tells you something um, so if you're doing it just for the money that's not it if you're doing it for the transformation of lives long-term impact and for the love of the job and the children um yeah you're in the right place Thank you very much for long-term impact and that's why this is all been set up Impact Educators Summit. Thank you very much, ma'am. The talk you're having today is titled Cultivating a Mindset Shift for Educators. So how would you describe what the mindset is and why is it necessary for educators, particularly at this time, to have a change in mindset? Well, your mind, your mindset, um, I would want to explain it as a, as a set of beliefs, as a set of practices that you have as a result of your upbringing, as a result of the people that impact you, as a result of the environment in which you live in, and as a result of the significant emotional experiences that you've experienced as you were growing up. So those set up your mindset, they set up your beliefs, they set up the things that you do. That is your mindset. So it's important that you that, that mindset is, is um, it's one that 
is useful at this time. Let's put it that way. Let, it's important that your mindset can add value to your life and to the educational sector at this time. If you're stuck in your own ways, if you're stuck in your old practices, if you're stuck in your um, comfort zone, then you are not going to be able to transform and move with the ever-changing um, educational sector that is at, at the moment. As it is now, a lot of schools have found out how useless their teachers are because they cannot move in terms of technology. They're not willing to learn. They're not willing to grow. They're not willing to bring value to the table. So as a result, they have had to let them go or have had to put them on the back burner because they're not adding value. And it's also as a result of mindset. Some people are afraid of technology. Some people are afraid of growth. Some people think it's even evil. Some people believe that it's the end times and all sorts of beliefs. And these are as a result of our environment and as a result of our upbringing and as a result of our exposure or lack of it. So um, at this point in time, if you're not willing to grow, if you're not willing to transform yourself and your life, then um, you're in the wrong, you're being born in the wrong era, essentially. So teachers need to grow. Teachers need to ensure that they have the positive and growth mindset at this point in time and always. Thank you very much, ma'am. So what practical tips would you give to educators, to school leaders, school owners on how this mindset shift can be encouraged and translated? So you need to um, have a growth mindset. You need to be willing to grow. You need to be willing to move. You need to be willing to change. You need to be willing to be resilient and adaptable at this point in time. Things are changing. At this time, there's no template. It's a crisis. We're managing a crisis and we're not crisis managers. The only way that we can bring real value to the table is if we grow continuously, if we learn continuously, if we change and transform continuously. We don't know how we've not known how to be in the in the homes of the children using um, video conferencing we've not known how to use several platforms we've had to learn and begin to design practices we've had to design online policies we've had to do things on the go given a very short period of time we didn't have a so for example in nigeria we've only had about two weeks roughly to do everything we needed to do to get into the homes. I mean, so many schools, have, even right now, they haven't been able to get online with their children because they, don't, they just don't know what to do. So practical tips that I will give, it's you, you must be willing to be a lifelong learner. You must be willing to follow the trends. So you must be willing to know what is happening in the educational sector. Say, for example, at Leposh School, before this happened, even before the federal government closed the school, we had already sent a letter to our parents that we were closing the school as a result of the pandemic. We started having cases because we were worried about the little babies in the crash, for example. So we, already, we had already followed the trends. In terms of research, I was already speaking to educators all around the world so that I would know how, was, how it was that they were responding to the pandemic and to the lockdown. So when we're told that schools should close officially, we use that so-called holiday, the last two weeks of the term, to pilot practices to pilot the things that we're going to do because we followed the trends. We didn't wait for third term to say, what are we going to do? This is the time for us to do our orientation. No. When it was the 20th of April, we resumed immediately because what? We had piloted. We now knew which platforms were going to work for our parents. We knew that Zoom was a waste of time with babies. There was no, no, we had practices. So it was a case of implementation and execution by the 20th of April. So educators must follow the trends. They must be willing to grow. They must be willing to embrace technology. It's not something that we are used to. We are not digital natives like the children that we are teaching. 
The children pick up things rapidly. We have children in our school that are even as uh, four years old, five years old, that now they can do their submissions by themselves. They can upload their work and submit it. They didn't know it before the COVID, but they can do it already because it is what they're born into. This is the era that they're born into. What they know is technology. We weren't that way, except if you were um, some one of the minorities that love technology and are tech savvy and curious and interested in things of technology. So you must embrace technology. And it's not a matter of knowing how to do one, um, know, know how to do 20 platforms and you know how to do. I don't want to call on any platforms. I'm not keen on America. People have been asking me to recommend platforms to them, platforms to them, and I don't because I don't use any of them. <laughs> I don't use any of them. So I don't recommend any platforms to, um, we have a customized system in our school, so I don't really need to promote any. Just use, do whatever works for you. But it's not about knowing how to use 100 tools. 100 tools will confuse you and confuse the children. Pick the few that you want to do and be a master of it. That's what, those are the tips that I have um, right now for educators. Don't be too hard on yourself. Take one day at a time. Be willing to grow, be willing to change. Take feedback, constant feedback from the children and from the parents. Take feedback from your colleagues. Um, look after your mental, emotional well-being and your physical well-being at this time. Very, very important very very important thank you very much and earlier you mentioned the kinds of limitations and in terms of belief system that we have in this environment what can you advise to help overcome these kinds of belief systems um a lot of people need exposure a lot of our educators they need exposure they're not exposed so everything is a big deal and you don't have to have left the country for everything to be a big deal you just have to be curious and want to be a learner there are so many virtual simulations of places that you can see. There are many books that you can read, you can explore. The internet has made the world a global place, a, a global local village. environment, as many call it. Expose yourself, take a risk, check things out, speak to people. There are educators that you can communicate with online these days. Even a simple Facebook group, we are already speaking to a teacher in India. So be willing to explore, be willing to grow. Don't limit yourself to Abuleba or Ibafo or whatever the case may be. Just ensure that you are growing and you're transforming yourself um, in different ways. Just make sure that you're doing that. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, so let's speak a bit more about yourself as a school leader and a school owner. What lessons have you learned, especially during this crisis? Well, I learned many. Let me share with you. I learned that my, um, I have to look after my staff as a, as a school leader. I have to actually pamper them and treat them like babies. This is not the time that I will not pay them their salaries or cut their, cut their salaries. This is not the time where um, I can get mad at them yet. But this is the time I need to motivate, I need to coach, I need to be a mother to the people in my team. This is the time where I have to embrace situational leadership. By that, I mean that I don't just tell them what to do, I'm also doing it because they haven't seen a template for this before. They haven't heard about this before. So for me to do it gives them the oomph to do it as well. So as a leader, I learned that I have to do that. I have to lead by example. As a leader, I have to ensure that their mental and emotional well-being is it's intact. I have to ensure that, okay, what is happening with their own children? They're showing up for the children of other people. How about their own children? Are they in school? Are they well? So it's beyond my teachers. I'm training them or doing anything like that. I have to make sure that they're okay because if they're okay, then they can do anything. So that's very important. So I embrace that a lot. I learned a lot of things. I was very careful with my words. So communication is just too important. I, I mean, they're not learning points per se because we've known these things, but it was, it's 
in the forefront that uh, communication is very important because if you don't communicate and carry your parents along then you will lose some because we have schools that the parents were setting up whatsapp groups and writing letters and submitting it on social media and to the government and all sorts of things it's important and paramount that we are communicating with our parents and we're communicating with our children i've learned personally too many tech skills there's nothing i can't do now <laughs> i think it's just intelligence and data science that I just need to go and do now. In terms of apps, uh, the Google Suite, and in terms of, and, and I don't use their um, virtual learning environment. I'm just talking about the other features that the Google Suite has. I, I use a lot of it that I didn't, I wasn't necessarily using before. Um, I've created online courses in this time. I've been able to write books. I've, I've been able to um, even have a YouTube channel. So please go and check YouTube, uh, Ronke Posh at this time. I've learned that there's nothing I cannot do. I've learned that at a time like this, it may just be one time in my life. This crisis may not happen and I must maximize this time to the best of my ability. I've been able to train other people and empower them to do things. So while they may be doing things for the school, they can use those skills in their own personal life as well. I've just learned that collaboration is key. I've learned that, the, that online life is not, is not the same as the real life. I must value people when I can see them and touch them because I miss the children so much and I miss members of my team a lot. So the learning points and the learning curves are very, very many that there's, there's nothing we can't really do um, if we collaborate and if we have this emotional and this love quotient over and above just um, our intellectual um, quotient. Wow, you have really learned a lot. Man. Thank you very much, ma'am. Now, so would you consider this keeping crisis... It brief. <laughs> keeping it very brief. Fantastic. Keeping it brief. So would you consider this crisis as a silver lining for the educational sector? Well, we've lost a lot of lives, so we are very deeply empathetic with all that has happened in the world. It's really, really terrible. Um, it, but it's a shift that Nigeria needed. The lazy teachers that could not do ordinary Microsoft Word and PowerPoint, they're forced to do other things that are even more important now. Either they do it or they get left behind, literally. Like the rapture just happened and it has left many people behind. That's literally what it is. So um, it has done the educational sector a favor. It has separated the wheat from the chaff. It has exposed a lot of educators. It has exposed a lot of schools. It has also proved to us that big is not always best because a lot of oh. big schools could not move. Proved to us that the small to medium term school, like Le Poche School, who, 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 were able to move forward immediately. We weren't waiting. We continued, we forged ahead, we were thinking because we have a point to prove. And we proved that we could move forward. And I commend all the schools that were able to move forward and rapidly at this time without waiting for the government at this particular point in time that we're trying to slow us down because the private sector exposed a lot of the inadequacies of the government, which have always been there. So, um, yeah, let me just leave it at that. All right, ma'am. So you just talked about um, how the private sector particularly were able to explore and move forward. And, but that would have created a digital divide between those that have implored this technology to move forward and those that have not. How would you advise, especially the government officials, how can we bridge this gap? Because definitely a gap has been created. How can we bridge this gap? So a gap has not been created. A gap has never not been created. The gap has always been there. It has always it been exposed. There. The COVID just brought it to light. It's a case of the wind that's blown and we have seen more of the bomb bomb of the chicken. That, pardon my words, that's what has happened. These children have been there without lockers, without good, TV, without good technology, without good teachers, 
without uniforms, without lunch, without good books. They've always been there. They haven't cared about them enough. Only very few people, private sectors and individuals that help and NGOs that help these people. The corruption is so right. So the minute we are able to begin to enforce the law and ensure that corruption leaves our land and we prioritize education and the educational budget and the money goes to the right places, then these issues will close soon enough. But it's not exposed to the gap. The gap has not, it's just been there. It's always been there. It's just obvious now. It's obvious. And now they're running around and trying to um, act like the, it's a war between the private sector and the, and the, and the public sector. It's not a war. It's not a war. The public, the private sector has saved Nigeria from a lot of embarrassment. They have stood up and they have filled the gap where the government was inadequate in many ways. So now is not a time where weapons you think private schools are not good enough. It's a time for them to believe, to actually, the most they can do or the least they can do is collaborate with the private schools, allow them to use whatever it is that they're doing as a pilot for them to gather data so that when they want to implement in their different schools, they will have a template. No, they want to use radio and the transistor radios and the and television, and there's no power. Even the children don't even have food to eat. It makes no sense. <laughs> Thank you very much, Wow. All right, now, so what would you say to school leaders and school owners that probably have teachers that are refusing to move with the tides like you've talked about? How would you advise them to handle such cases? I mean, it's a, it's a change. So before you rush into any decision-making, you try and appeal to them first that this is here to stay. So a lot of schools believe that they cannot wait. They're believing God for the COVID. They didn't start because they're believing God for the COVID to go. Now that the COVID is here and schools are, are where they are, they're, start, they're still believing God. So we have this culture that makes people just believe God, but they forget that prayer without action is void. Then you need to appeal to them and let them understand that it's important that this technology is embraced. So do your best to train them, give them a chance, allow them to make mistakes because you have made mistakes as well. Allow them. But if you find that you have pushed the horse or the camel or the donkey to the water, it's not drinking water, and you put the cola inside that will make it thirsty and want everything, and it's still not happening, what you need to do is to let go. You let go or you give them a role that is not um, integral to pushing your school forward in terms of technology. So you can make them think about it. I don't know. Anything they want to do. Thank you. Thank you very much, ma'am. Now, as a school owner and as a school leader that has successfully implemented virtual learning in your school, especially during the pandemic, what advice, what tips would you give to other school owners or school leaders or teachers that might want to do the same thing? Follow the trends. Number one, follow the trends. Know what is happening. So it doesn't hit you in the face, bam, like it hits many people. So I had got newsletters from Canada, from America, from the UK, follow the trends, know what is happening. Know what is happening in the media in terms of education all around the world. What are they saying at UNICEF? What are they saying at um, uh, Edutopia? What are they saying everywhere? Follow the trends if you want to, if you want to implement. Then you must train and don't train one person or two, per two people. Do not be insecure. If you are a medium to small size school, Try and do some of the work yourself as well, so that you lead by example, especially the medium to small term schools. Because if you make in Nigeria, if you make one person a god, they want to take over your school. So if they think you don't know anything, they want to take over your school. Whether we like it or not, it is a situation, it's the reality of where we are living. A lot of people that don't even show, they don't share data of their school with their teachers have had to do it because they're using WhatsApp at the moment. 
But if you have embraced technology, your data is still going to be is still going to be sacred at this particular point in time. So you must embrace technology. You must be willing to be a lifelong learner if you want to do this. If you want to implement, hear from the parents, pilots, let the communication stream be there. Don't just pretend as if it's not there. And then invoice them. You are providing a service. Why are you providing this service? Give them invoices. A lot of schools are afraid to give invoices because they don't know if the parents are going to pay. They're not going to pay. At least you know they're not going to pay at the end of the day. Give value. Give as much value as you possibly can and make it an experience for the children. It's not a matter of trying to do what you do in the classroom and repeat it online. Make it experiential. Make it fun for the children. I mean, one of our values at the coach is fun. So we try and do whatever we can to be fun. And then collaborate with your teachers. Work with them. Make them happy. Do whatever you can. When there's time to, to reprimand them, if they're out of line, you put them back in. I'm, I'm very, very, I know a lot of teachers went out of line at this particular point in time, going ahead and doing private lessons and doing whatever it is that they're doing. So if you need to tell them off strictly, please do. But show them love. That love quotient is very important. Let them believe in themselves and that they can do anything because together you're going to be able to move the school forward. And with the parents, communicate that not your enemies, that without the parents, you have no school. So work together with the parents, work together with the teachers to move the school forward. Hmm. Thank you. Very wise tips, ma'am. Now, if you had the opportunity to be the Minister of Education for one day in this country, what is the one thing you would achieve before your time out of office? Well, if I Minister of Education. Yes, ma'am. Now, because that is like a wish, you know, like a wish. If I had one day, so that means I'm going to have superpowers as well. So that superpower is going to ensure that I kick out the corruption and that superpower is going to make sure that I have enough money to make sure that my children have uniforms, food, desk, good teachers, technology. They have all the facilities. They have e-libraries. They have access to everything that they need that they can move forward, whether they're in their homes, whether they're in school, whether they have special needs or not, that everybody has a fair and equal chance to move forward as much as they can. That is what I would love to, to do. Thank you very much, ma'am. Now, uh, can you share some of the personal habits that you feel has gotten you to where you are as a successful educator that you are today? Thank you for calling me a successful educator, whatever that means. Thank you so much. But personal habits. Um, I have an acronym from, from Ron Kepoch, but um, I'll just pick a few from them. Especially at this particular time during the COVID, focus was very important for me. I needed to rest, so I took some rest. But focus was very important for me. I said to myself, this COVID is happening once. It may happen again, but right now I believe that since the last one was 1918 or whatever, or the Ebola, it take, Ebola was not even like this where the whole world was shut down. It was just a few countries. So this sort of thing may not happen again in my lifetime. I must be able to look back and say, what did I do with this time? That was paramount for me. So I said to myself, what am I going to do? What am I going to achieve? Focus was very important to me. So as a result, consistency, hard work, resilience, tenacity, very, very important values for me. So I still wake up early in the morning and get on my, on my table to start my work. I make sure I have my goals and I make sure I complete them on a daily basis. So this time, for example, I've been able to write a book that's going to be out ne next week on my birthday. Um, wow. I have one-on-one ways to, um, tips to curb the beating and the shouting. Um, just check ronkeposh.com on my YouTube channel. Um, I also have created online courses still on my website, you can check that. Um, I've spoken at uncountable webinars. I can't even count how many webinars I've, I've been on. 
I've upgraded even things like OBS that I was afraid of using before because I thought they were just too complex. I'm able to use that now. I'm able to use a lot of video apps now. I'm able to edit a lot of my things. I'm able to create a lot of videos for even the preschoolers. I'm able to use just, in fact, the number of apps I've, I've learned, there are just so many in terms of technology, in terms of human skills, human behavior, emotional intelligence. I've done a lot of training as well. I've read books as well. So there's so many things. I just had to be focused and plan that I'm going to achieve. I needed to be able to achieve. I needed to model also to my daughter that she can do things. As a result, she has also um, written her own book. So I needed wow. to be a leader. By example, at this particular time, I need to look back and say, okay, what is working in my life? You know, our lives are divided into different sectors. We divide it in different ways. Some people divide finance, personal life, health, career, marriage, in all sorts. So if I have at least six or seven working out of 10, I know I'm doing a good job. So I made sure that I forged ahead and I grew. So my growth game was impeccable. I was not playing with my growth on any particular day. I was not messing around. Even while I'm at my downtime, I told people, especially on social media, when they're doing all those challenges, by all means, do, do the challenges, but spend minimal time doing challenges. Spend more time growing. Spend more time growing. In fact, I, I had online courses that I had done at the beginning to help people implement at the very start. So I can still give you the data if you want to buy. Anybody that wants to buy them, it's still there. Those were the people that I, I, I was warning. I said, um, the COVID is not a God forbid factor. Don't say we won't get it in Nigeria. God forbid, God forbid. Which was what a lot of people did. God forbid, God forbid. And alas, we are where we are. Oh, I hope that you. answers your question. So very well, ma'am. Thank you very much, ma'am. So if you could recommend maybe one book or one particular online resource for educators that want to become great educators as well, what would that be? Educators are lazy. They don't really read. So I generalize. They don't really read in Nigeria. You know, it's been said that if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. They're too lazy. They'd rather be checking blogs and things like that. But check, check healthy blogs. Check blogs that are useful and follow people. Join the right groups. I'm not going to recommend any book because they know the books. They're all online. So if you want summaries of books, you can join things like Mentor Box or 200 books on YouTube. They will give you summaries. So you can read a thick book and they'll give you a summary in 15 minutes. I, I, I'm tired of recommending books because if you ask the person, are they ready? They've not read anything. They're not willing, willing to learn. I borrow people look at my library. I have three of this our library. And people will ask me for books and then they don't return it. They don't read it and stuff like that. So I don't recommend books. They don't read books. But get summaries of books if you're so lazy. Or check YouTube and then you'll get summaries summaries of books follow the right people they will share nuggets with you as well and try and love to to read but recommending books forget it it doesn't work it doesn't work and hang around with people that are not necessarily in the educational sector i have friends in other sectors and what they're doing i'm able to apply to what is happening in my sector as well so just have friends all around the world very very important wow all right um i know you've mentioned a few of this in the course of our interview but what's the best place for people to go to if they want to learn about you they want to find out more about you and what you do and your services as well what's the best place for people to go to um just um check my website ronkepoch.com and also on youtube and all the all the social media handles but there's only one ronkepoch any other one is a counter so once you put ronkepoch on i'll be the one that comes one word ronkepoch p-o-s-h 
you can come out and you can get all the information about me, my website, my newly revamped YouTube channel. I'm on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm not very active on Twitter because it's just a marketplace. I don't get there for some information. Um, so yeah, you can find me like in those ways. I think I have WordPress as well. <laughs> my social media partner is doing a good job trying to promote them, promote me. So yeah. So wow. I'm around yes. Something really nice will happen. Soon to be on Wiki. Wow. Wow. All right, Bab. Now, on the final note, this is a more personal note. How has this pandemic affected you personally? As a mother, as, as a wife, how has this affected you personally? As a mom, it's, a, it's just improved the bond I have within my, with my, my daughter. Um, it's been a beautiful time because every day we share one table when she's doing her online school and doing my online school as well. So it's been, a, it's a, it's been an amazing time. We are in each other's faces. We have the odd fight here and there. But it's been fun um, sharing that space with her. It's lovely. Um, with my husband, it's not quite the same. Um, he's in his own world. He, he's not really as vocal as I am anyway. So he's doing his own thing, really. So um, the pandemic has not been healthy for my marriage. If you want to um, be personal, it's not been a healthy time for my for my relationship. But, but with my daughter, it's been amazing. Wow. Thank you for all that you have said to us, Pam. It's been a wonderful time having a conversation with you. And I'm sure our listeners will be more than excited to learn all these tips from you. Any final words or comments you'd like to share with us? Uh I would just like to commend you for what you're doing. Well done. Um, thank you. We need more people like you to rise up and do stuff. So don't stop what you're doing. And please support the TACI Impact Education Summit and the projects and the work that they do. I mean, when Cheyi came to me to tell me to come on this show, um, I didn't hesitate to come. It wasn't the most convenient thing to do. But I understand that he's trying to bring change into the educational sector as in his own way. So let's support him. Um, keep on doing what you're doing. I know it's not easy, um, but just continue being persistent and well done. And I thank you and appreciate you for what you're doing in the Nigerian education um, sector. Well done. Thank you very much, ma'am. Thank you for being a part of another insightful session on the Impact Educator Summit 2020 powered by Tacey Consult, where we seek actionable and practicable steps on how to steer through the pandemic and remain relevant as educators. This has been brought to you absolutely free of charge. However, if you'd like lifetime access to this session and all other sessions in this summit, register for the VIP tickets by clicking on the link below. You will also receive a more sought-after module blending low-tech and online technologies to minimize learning costs and 20% discount on any other purchases from Tasty Consult in addition to mouth-watering offers by our speakers and sponsors. Your feedback is valuable to us, so do so at the feedback session right at the bottom of this page or send an email to impacteducatorsummit at tastyventures.com. We appreciate all our sponsors and partners for joining us to use education as a tool for societal transformation. Join us on the next inspiring session as we host another special guest on the Impact Educator Summit 2020.